What up, everybody? I just want to start this off by saying rest in peace, Elias Theodoro. I remember watching him on The Ultimate Fighter, and honestly, I was thinking about the guy the other day. I didn't know that he got released by the UFC, but he's, he lost three times in the UFC, and he, that's the only place he lost. Because outside the UFC, he was undefeated. This just shows you the competition in the UFC. Um, Yeah, man, it sucks. Originally, I heard it was liver cancer. Now I'm hearing it's colon cancer. So either way, Elias, rest in peace. The dude always seems so happy in defeat or in victory. I never met him personally, but I wish I had. Because he looked like he had that infectious personality that not many people in this world have. Rest in peace, brother. Um, Another thing... I want to do for the intro, this intro might be kind of long, maybe not really, hopefully not, but we're going to talk about the fights of this weekend because I forgot to talk about it in the episode. Um, Corey Sanhagen will, will take on Song, Song Yedong in the main event. Chidi Nijakwani Chidi will take on Gregory Rodriguez, Andre Fidi will take on Bill Algeo. Joseph Fryer will take on Alan Amedovsky. Tanner Bozer will take on Rodrigo Nacimiento. Anthony Hernandez will take on Mark Andre Uti. I know I did not say that right. So, and then in a prelim, Aspen Lab will take on Sarah McMahon. I don't know how that's not headlining the prelims because the way that fight came together, it was ugly. It was ugly. So, it's a crazy fight, man. And of course, since the Nate Diaz fight just happened, this one looks like it's getting shuffled under the rug because also we got Canelo versus Triple G this weekend. So, you know, that's taking up a lot of the buzz. And they're doing it in the... That's why I imagine they're doing it early because it start, the main card starts at 1, so it should be over by 5. So everybody should be able to watch both events if you're looking forward to that. But that's all I got for you guys. Corey Sanhagen versus Song Yudong. If Marlon Vera wants to be the next challenger for the belt after October 22nd, these things need to happen. Corey needs to win, Aljo needs to win, and Sean O'Malley needs to win. This is the only way that Marlon is the next title shot, unless something crazy happens. But that's all I got for you guys. Remember, follow me at Punch in the Mouth Official, official underscore P-I-T-M on Twitter. Punch them out the official's Instagram. All right, later, guys. Deuces. What up, everybody? Welcome back to the show. I'm Adrian. The last time we spoke, none of this crazy madness happened at UFC 279. And if you don't know what you're listening to, this is the Punch in the Mouth podcast. Um, Let's start with that, the craziness of UFC 279. Now, I don't really follow the, the, the events leading into the fight because I already believe there's enough content out there. For you to, like, you don't have to follow everything, but this one was crazy, right? Because, because, I, I want to say Tuesday of last week, 
It was early. It was after I recorded this episode. I know that much. I want to say around Tuesday. Not this episode. The last episode. I'm sorry. I want to say Tuesday of last week. Where Hamza got into it with Paulo Costa. And he. I think I did talk about it a little bit. Where. No, no, no. I'm wrong. I did hear about the incident. And I even told you guys what Hamza supposedly said to Paulo. Where he told him. Everybody saw Israel fuck you in the ass. And then after that. When I, cause originally remember I said that Dana didn't know if he was gonna do a press conference for this fight, like the pre-fight press conference. When I saw they were gonna do it, I told myself, cause they were gonna have, because the three main fights were Kevin Holland versus Danny Rodriguez, Li Ji Lang versus Tony Ferguson, and Nathan Diaz versus Hamza Chimaev or Hamza Chimaev versus Nathan Diaz. For those who care, the order of the names. And I told myself, if this press conference goes as they wanted to go, like if these six guys show up, one or two things gonna happen. Nate is gonna show up late, or fight's gonna break out. And I was right, a fight broke out. But a fight initially with Hamzat and Kevin Holland. This I know I didn't talk about. If you guys saw the preview, you guys saw the footage. I'm I know I'm regurgitating information. My point is, this was a wacky fight week. Because so Kevin Holland and Hamza get into it. And like Hamza was like, he wanted to fight so bad during the week. Because look, he already got into it with Paulo on Tuesday or Monday. And then he gets into it with Kevin at the press conference. And then like, you know when you're already mad, you're just mad at everybody. And then he sees Diaz, he starts shouting at Diaz. And you know Diaz, like, I know you ain't talking to me like that type of situation. So Diaz throws bottles at him. Now, a thing to keep in mind is, so the Kevin Holland thing happens before anybody goes on stage. So then the UFC, they shuffle, right? They shuffle to, um, they said instead of all six guys, we're going to do one by one. We'll do Rodriguez and Holland first. So they did their part, got off. And then security walks onto the stage and tells Dana what happened, which at this point is the Nate Diaz throwing the bottles at Hamza. Because originally I heard it was because Tiki was standing next to him. Tiki Gosen, the manager, Brian Ortega. I want to say Dom Reyes and TJ Dillashaw. I don't know if he's really Dom Reyes' manager, but point is, he's also Quinn Rampage Jackson's manager. Point is, like, Nate's cool with him and he didn't like where Tiki was. Like, he felt like Tiki was supporting Hamza. So, Nate has that mentality, you're not with me, you're against me. So that happened, but it turned out to be a fact that Hamza was just talking some smack. And then Friday comes around. Everybody's weighing in. People are missing weight left and right. Hakeem Dawoodu missed weight. Chris Barnett missed weight. And then, like, it got to the point where the only two fights left on the main card to make weight were Macy Chisoni and Irene Aldana. Chison. Before my homie gets mad at me because I say Chison. And... Hamza Chimaev and Nathan Diaz. And then after a while, Nate made weight 171. And then it was announced that the Irene and Macy fight was going to be a catchweight at 140. Because I believe Macy struggles to make weight. She's a big girl, man. She should honestly be fighting at featherweight. So, then I was on Twitter. I got up really extremely early that day because something in my mind told me, like, bro, you need to be here. I was on Twitter. And then I see a tweet. The great Ariel Hawani. Hamza is reportedly seven to eight pounds over. I'm like, okay, what's gonna happen here? Because 
Then Brad tweet, Brad Akamoto, I have tremendous respect for both guys. They're the two leading insiders. He goes, the first question the UFC is going to do is call Nate and ask him if he'll accept the fight. Nate's going to tell them no, which he's within all his right, which is true. It's true. They did. He's like, nah. And then reports started coming out that people were talking to Nate's team and they're like, the Hamza fight is not happening. They moved on to Tony. Because Tony and Nate weighed in at the same weight, 171. So, at this point, everybody's getting shuffled. So, they figured it out, right? Like, they figured it out. And a lot of people gave the UFC flag, but they figured it out. So, Nate ended up fighting Tony. Hamza ended up fighting Holland. And Lee and Rodriguez ended up fighting. Okay. My only problem is, like... What Dana said, he goes, well, the commission wouldn't allow Nate and Hamza to fight. I'm like, okay, but how do they allow Lee and Rodriguez to fight if it's the exact same weight discrepancy? My only problem with this whole thing is that. And then people would tell me, well, Nate sucks for not accepting the fight anyway if he's quote-unquote fighting anybody. I'm like, that's true, but he also doesn't like cheaters. And to him, that was cheating. Like, if you didn't cut the weights it's because you were cheating. Now, Hamzad's coach has come out and explained the situation. I think I have it pulled up here. Let me see here. Yeah. Hamzad Chimaev. Oh, wait, wait, right here. The title is Hamzad Chimaev's coach details unprofessional weight issues shoots down UFC 279 conspiracy theory. Hamzad Chimaev's weight issues began long before his dramatic weigh-in miss ahead of UFC 279. This past Saturday's pay-per-view in Las Vegas saw one of the most chaotic lineup shuffles in UFC history, after Chimaev missed weight by over 7 pounds for a scheduled welterweight main event bout against Nate Diaz, officials were able to salvage the card by reorganizing the six fighters in the top three bouts, and Chimaev ended up in the co-main event against Kevin Holland. And then it goes on to explain, so here's what his coach said. His whole career, he's been fighting at welterweight, Michael said. His name is Andreas Michaels. He's missed weight this time, but not, it's not as if he's been missing weight all the time. Of course, he's, have, he's having a hard time making the weight, but he's always made weight. The point of the thing is that we're going to make it easier and fight at middleweight, some of the fights. But we're game for welterweight as well. We're not going to lose our ranking there, hopefully, because we're so close to the title there. Once we take the belt there, we're going to pursue the middleweight division with all our hearts. Right now, some fights are going to be at middleweight. Some are going to be at middleweight. Worth wild fight. They wrote that twice. I don't know why. But that's up to the UFC, of course. That's not up to us. Okay, like, this is where it gets interesting. We started this camp heavy, Michaels continued. That's what the problem was as well. We got an offer to fight Nate Diaz, and it was early, earlier than this in August. It was too soon because he was heavy. Then they moved it up 10 days. I believe we just started too heavy this camp. We should have we should have had a little more discipline and held our weight at a reasonable level. A reasonable weight close to the one that he starts training and going into camp. That's basic that's basically about it. That's what they wrote. That's basically about it. We can find a lot of reasons and excuses and all this. At the end of the day, I'm not slacking off. I'm that he's a magnificent fighter. And I love him to death. But what I'm saying is that it was absolutely unprofessional from our side not to make weight. 
Anyone who doesn't make weight is unprofessional. Absolutely. I want to apologize to Nate's camp for that. We should have both made weight and there are no excuses. Chemayev has competed at both. Well, okay, whatever. So, okay. Okay. I have something to say. I have something to say. The UFC went on record and said, oh, it's due to a medical issue. If it's due to a medical issue, how did he fight in the co-main event? Now, Andreas Michaels is saying this. And second of all, he didn't get a fight winning bonus. But how is he not um, banned from not winning? Because it was a catchway fight? And I wonder if because of, I don't know, because I haven't talked to anybody within AD's team. But I heard he made a ton of money. He's like, if you guys want me to take this fight on 24 hours, no, I need more than the champions. And then they told him, Nate, we already pay you more about the same as the champions. He's like, all right, well, I want more than that. And then Chimaev's coach goes on to continue. Chimaev has competed. Okay, I said that. Okay, it says Chimaev has competed at both welterweight and middleweight in the UFC and previously has never come in over either division's limit. But Michael said that the fighter was in bad shape the evening before Friday's official weigh-ins. He was getting muscle spasms, shaking, Michael said. Vomiting when he stood up, he was passing out. I was worried about him. So the problem is he came in too heavy because I also heard his interview with Brad Okamoto earlier today. That he likes to eat. Like, if you guys know his habits, and I understand this one was weird because they originally wanted to do this fight in October. The problem was Nathan Diaz has a sunset clause in his contract. And if that fight didn't happen, I guess, around September, the sunset clause would have set in and he would have been free to fight with no fight. And the UFC, I understand. It's a business. It's a, it's a, I'm not going to say it's a, it's a shady tactic, but when a star like Nate Diaz wants to leave, they're going to do everything in their power to devaluetize them. Because Hamza was sent in there to be a mercenary. He was sent in there to do a hit. That's why this happened. And a lot of people are saying, oh, Diaz is lucky he didn't end up fighting Hamza. Even Andreas said, of course he's going to say it, bro. Of course. And I'm not saying Nate would have beat Hamza, but I don't think he would have not gone out without a fight. Because I'm going to tell you something. He puts Nate in that dark stroke. Nate's been doing jiu-jitsu since he was 14. You don't think he... I'm not saying he was going to win, but you don't think he'll get out of that? Try to make something happen? And there's no shade towards Holland. I'm just saying. It's no shade towards Holland. But we got to see now, man. Okay, let's get into the rest of the card. So Nate Diaz defeats Tony Ferguson. Submission guillotine choke at 252 of the fourth round. Hamza Chimaev defeats Kevin Holland. Darsh choke. First round, Danny Rodriguez defeats Li Shi Liang. Split decision. 29 28. 29 28. 29 29. Irene Aldana defeats Messi Chison. KO upkick to the body. That was crazy. Like heavyweight bout. Johnny Walker defeats Ian Kuteslava. Rear naked choke. Julian Erosa defeats. Hakeem Dawadu, 30-27 across the board. Jotlin Almeida defeats Anton Tuarski. Tuarski. Anton Tuarski. Rear naked choke submission. This Jalen Almeida guy is a problem. Dennis Tululin defeats Jamie Pickett. That was a crazy fight. 
Chris Barnett defeats Jake Kohler. That was a crazy fight. Okay, I'm going to start with the main card. Johnny Walker's back. And he said, leading up to the fight, he said, guys, I was on cannabis, THC. It ruined my life. It made me paranoid. But I'm back this time. He showed me a little bit. I can't wait to see what he does. Let's look at... <coughs> Excuse me, guys. Sorry. Let's look at the rankings. Johnny better be ranked. If he's not ranked, I'm going to be mad. Even though these rankings really don't mean it. It's something to go by. Johnny Walker's number 11. I would have him either fight Paul Craig or Vulcan Ozdemir. Because Reyes is already going to fight Ryan Spann. Ryan Spann's number 12. So there it is. Nikita Krylov rematch him or fight Paul Craig or Vulcan Ozdemir. It's a good fight right there. Irene Aldana versus Macy Chiasson. Dude, what a crazy fight. So Macy took it down in the first round, and then Irene took over, and then Macy figured out in the second round that it was 10-9 going into the third, and then they ended up in, like, the purgatory position, and then Irene lands that body kick that triggered something in Macy's body that she didn't like it, so she went down, and Irene Aldana wins. Let's see here. Irena Aldana's number four. She beat Caitlin Vieira, but she's lost to Holly Holmes. I don't know. I'll try to pick a fight with Juliana Pena. I don't know. But Juliana might run it back with Amanda, so. If I was Irena, I would try to run it with Caitlin. And then solidify, yo, I'm, the ne- I'm next. I'm next. What a crazy fight, though. Danny Rodriguez versus Liji Liang. Okay, I need to see if my boy got ranked. Let me see. Before we get into it, did, did he get ranked? He is. He's number 14. Congrats, Danny. Okay. Does that mean the leech is gone? The leech is gone. I like the leech. Let's get into it. So, when I watched the fight live, I thought Lee won. I rewatched the fight. First round's a toss-up. I gave the second round to Lee, and then I gave the third round to Rodriguez. You could give that first round to anybody. So, to say... I'm not going to say what I originally thought that Lee was robbed. And Danny Rodriguez come out and say, okay, you guys thought I lost. Let's run it back. So I don't know if that's next for him. I would like to see him fight Neil Magny or Michael Chiesa. Or even, because he's crazy enough to do it, Shavkat Ragmada. Or maybe even Vicente. Because Sean Brady's going to fight Bilal Muhammad. Uh I believe Jeff Neal is going to end up fighting Gilbert Burns because I don't know where Jorge is and all of this. I don't know if his legal issues are what's holding him back, but we shall see. Hamza Chimaya versus Kevin Holland. I mean, what can you say? Like, that dude. Okay, first of all, people thought, I'm like, because Kevin went for the glove touch and Hamza took him down and people thought that was dirty. But they had already touched gloves before and that just shows you don't be touching gloves. Bro, like, don't touch gloves because that just let them get close. Take you down, so don't do that. Just don't. So, Kevin Holland got ragdolled and Darsh choked. I don't think he loses too much stock. In fact, I believe he gained stock. I believe Hamza didn't even move from the rankings because it didn't do much for him. He didn't. But now at this point, like, um, what do you do, man? Like, I don't, I don't know because... He missed weight, right? So you can't count on him to main event at welterweight. What you can do is you do Hamza versus Paulo. Because Paulo has one fight left. And, they, and like, 
I'm gonna tell you something. Paulo's a commodity with his comedy, with the way he carries himself. Like that dude could produce some money and some views. So here's what I would do. If you're gonna use that tactic of giving Paulo a hard fight on his way out, you put him versus Hamza in January on the Brazil card. That's gonna attract a bunch of people. You put them as a feature fight, and then you put it's cause depending on how this Islam fight goes, I don't know if Charles will be because you could stack it. You could put Davison, you could put Charles, you could put Amanda, you could put Paulo on that card. For the fight in January, that's supposedly Brazil. They should make it a pay-per-view. You could put Amanda versus Juliana. You could put, if Charles beats Islam, you could do the rematch between Charles and the winner of (laughs) Dustin and Chandler. Because they're fighting November 12th. Uh, You could do the Davis and Figueiredo, Brandon Moreno rematch. And then you could do Paulo and Hamza. That's what I would do. I don't know about anybody else. Depending on how clean Charles comes out. And then I believe Paulo hurt his hand, so I don't know. So we shall see, man. But yeah, as long as Hamza makes way, the world's his oyster. Main event, Nathan Diaz versus Tony Ferguson. I mean, it was crazy, right? First of all, we're gonna look, let's look at, the, look at the scorecards right here. These are the official scorecards for Nate versus Tony. Zadia Mato had it 30-27 for Diaz. Ron McCarthy had it 30-27 for Diaz. Junchiro Camillo had it 29-28 Ferguson. I want to know what this guy was looking at. They all gave Nate the first round, which the first round was clearly Nate. And I want to know what Tony did in the second and third round to get this guy to give him 10-9. Because everybody else gave it to Nate. Like, Nate was dominating that fight. And then the fourth round... Like, the third round was interesting, right? Because that's where Nate started walking away, saying, no, no, no. I, I got shades of Nick versus Robbie, bro. I was losing my mind. I'm like, dude, this guy's, don't tell me he's quitting. But, like, when he was saying no, no, no to his, like, he wasn't going to chase him around. Because he even started yelling at, I want to say it was Tony's corner or his own corner. Like, this dude's running away. And, like, he started putting his hands on the cage. So, I don't know, man. It was pretty nuts, but I want to know what this Camillo guy was looking at. 29-28-20. So, what's next for Nate? I mean, the immediate answer, if Jake Paul beats Anderson Silva on October 29th, he could box Jake Paul. I mean, Nate's big, man. And, like, he used to train with Andre Ward, so it's not like he doesn't have elite boxing experience because Andre Ward says that those guys could box. If you got approval of that guy, you could box anybody, in my opinion. I don't know if you're going to win, but I know you're going to be competitive. But whatever Nate does next, I'm going to watch, man. And I know everybody else is too, as much as they say they won't. For Tony, I don't know, man. Is is it time to hang it up? Like, that's the thing. He says he's just getting started, but, like, is it time to hang it up? And then there's two things I want to point out. Nate was doing leg kicks, and he was checking them, so three things, and he didn't get caught. You guys believe that? Like, him and Tony switched. Like, he was getting battered towards the end with his leg, right? But he was clean. Like, I remember looking at my uncle, I'm like, dude, how is Nate so clean? And then we're already in the third round. Like, he said the same thing. He's like, yeah, how is this guy so clean? Because it looked like Tony's elbows were landing, but... I guess they weren't landing clean enough to cut Nate. Or he removed a lot of scar tissue. I don't know. So we shall see. We shall see. Whatever Nate does next. 
I'm definitely watching. So we talked about Hamza's coach. Khabib criticized him. Even though Khabib ironically filled weight at UFC 209. Khabib Nurmagomedov has some choice words for Hamza Chimaya following the latter's failure to make weight ahead of UFC 279 last week. Speaking at a recent event hosted by a non-profit organization, Human Appeal, the former UFC champion questioned Chimaev's teams, noting that the rising star is not surrounded by enough Muslims. If you are a Muslim, you should have good people around you. Muslims who can say, hey, don't do this, Nurmagomedov said. I recently watched the weigh-ins of Hamza Chimaev. I followed what was happening with his weight and looked at his team. There are no Muslims around him. This is very bad. Because if you are a Muslim, you need good, strong people around you. They will say, come back, do this. When you become famous and rich, when you gain power around you, there are no good people who will give you advice or you do not listen to them. Then something will happen. You need good people around, even if you don't like like it. You need them, he added. I mean, this is what he believes. It's like saying, like, this works for me, but... I don't know, maybe Andreas Michael seems like a good guy. He doesn't seem like a bad guy. But I don't know him personally, so I don't know. How are we doing on time? But we're good. We're actually already 30 minutes in. This is good, man. So going back to what Hamza said, like, what can you do, man? I don't know. Here's a fun one. Reports Russian social media star Hasbullah Namagomedov has signed a five-year deal with the UFC. Russian social media star and vlogger Hasbullah Nurmagomedov has reportedly signed a five-year contract with the UFC Purse MMA reporter and combat sports journalist Igor Lazurin. Hasbullah has a rare genetic disorder that affects his growth and the pitch of his voice. He will not compete in the UFC, but instead he will be used to help promote upcoming fights and events. This is a blast from the face. This is a blast from the face. Yeah, I did read that right. Lazurin posted on his Instagram, Hasbullah has signed a five-year contract with the UFC so far in the plan. Attending tournaments, media activity, we will not talk about the amount and the details, but there are su- there are such that many fighters that do not get paid that much. Hasbullah signed a five-year contract with the UFC. No fights yet, but the news comes after Hasbullah, who is thought to be a three-feet, three-inch tall. Got into a back and forth with UFC superstar Conor McGregor on Twitter. Hasbullah called McGregor a bum after the notorious turn that booed Nurmagomedov over a goalpost on a series of sins deleted tweets. Hasbullah has attended several UFC events including UFC 267 where the TikTok celebrity entered the octagon with Habib Nurmagomedov following Islam Mahashev's submission victory over Dan Hooker. This has over 3.2 million followers. He has over 3.2 million followers on Instagram, and his videos on TikTok have generated well over 2 billion views. I mean, what can you do? They're signing a deal with the United Emirates in Abu Dhabi. They have a deal in play. Like, supposedly, the UFC is going to announce something big in the coming weeks once Dana heads back to Abu Dhabi. So I don't know, man. This doesn't surprise me, I'll say that much. And the fact that he's getting paid more than fighters, is, is that's hilarious. It's sad and hilarious at the same time. Remember I talked about that Paulo Costa and Hamza got into it early in the week? So let's see what Paulo says. Paulo Costa believes Hamza Chimaev is avoiding a fight with him. 
He just wants to fight guys with no wrestling. UFC middleweight contender Paulo Costa believes Hamza Chimaev is avoiding him. The Eraser is fresh off a victory over Luke Rockhold at UFC 278 last month. While many fans praised the former middleweight champion, it was Costa who secured the win by decision. It was his first. It was the first victory for the Brazilian since August of 2019. While he just fought last month, the 31-year-old nearly got into another fight last week. While in town for UFC 279, Costa got into an altercation with Hamza Chimaev. The two nearly got into a fight at the UFC PI before being pulled apart. Boris went on to defeat Kevin Holland by submission in the pay-per-view co-main event. However, the victory didn't come up. Following UFC 279, White stated that Hamza Chimaev would likely fight at 185 pounds moving forward. But that Paulo Costa doesn't believe that he will fight the Chechen star in the future. In an interview with Ariel Hawani, the Brazilian blasted the welterweight contender Costa stated that Chimaev was avoiding a fight with him and also uh, uh, opined, opined that he only fought smaller fighters who can't wrestle. I do like a fight with Chimaev, stated Paulo Costa on the mirror, but I don't think it'll happen because he's avoiding me, you know? He doesn't want to fight with me. He just wants to fight guys smaller than him, guys who have no wrestling, who have no takedown defense, who have no power to F him up. He continued, he knows who I am, and he, even his coach and his manager don't want that fight. His guys want to fight Kevin Holland, small guy Gilbert Burns, and I appreciate those guys. But he chooses who he wants to fight. What do you think of... Uh, I don't know, man. I'm telling you, that's the fight to make. These guys already don't like each other. And you want to... If Hamza's going to end up fighting at middleweight. And you want to prove he's a threat to Israel and Alex. I say Alex because Alex is the one fighting Israel next. And Alex has a very good chance of defeating Israel. But if you want to prove that he has, he's a threat to Israel, that, that's the fight to make. And it, it also lines up with your tactic of giving guys on their way out a hard fight. Because Paulo has stated that he wants to test free agency. We shall see what happens. In other news, um, Liz Carmouche will rematch Juliana Vasquez at the final Bellator card of the year. That should be good. So you're going to get the tournament, quarterfinals, and then you're going to get that fight on top of it. That is nuts. But that's all I got for you guys. I'm Adrian. Remember to follow me on Punch in the Mouth Official on Instagram. Official underscore P-I-T-M on Twitter. Peace, guys. Later.